two anticipated championships got their 2021 seasons underway last weekend, with all three rungs of the Road to India ladder finally all back together for the first time since 2019, as it took on Barber and the rebranded Formula Regional European Championship by Alpine, boasting a 30-strong field for its first uh, race weekend on Formula 1 support bill at Imola. We had feel-good stories, a surprise winner or two, a few incidents, races decided in the final laps, and a positive COVID result across the many races this weekend. And to discuss it as this week's topic of the Formula Scout podcast is myself, Craig Willard, Bethany Waring, and Elliot Wood. To begin, I'm curious to get the views from from you two on your initial impressions from these championships before we get on to the the commentary of the weekend as a whole. Uh, Bethany, I know that you're at the forefront of this weekend's uh, Freck reporting. So how did you find having the the newly rebranded championship around? Yeah, um, other than the fact that I still don't understand the name, the race in itself was great. There were a lot of cars, which meant a lot of incidents, but given Formula One had probably just as many incidents with half as many cars maybe it um it wasn't the number of cars fault but the track itself but overall i think um it's it's doing better than its predecessor mm-hmm. certainly and elliot the road to india is perhaps the a- biggest area of attention that formula scout gives outside of europe are you happy to see it return Absolutely. I think it's a you know, very, very well managed set of series and the racing was everything, you know, you could have wanted it to be having waited so long for it to return. Mm, yeah, I, I'm really glad to see them all back in action as well. Um, so we'll get on to the final details of the weekend and we'll start with uh, with Freck or Freck Hour or whatever acronym you want to give it. Uh, and we had two different pole sitters and two different race winners, uh, with Premers David Vidales and ART Grand Prix's Gregoire Salsi sharing the spoils, both from pole position, um, but both uh, were in heavily interrupted races, weren't they, Bethany? Uh, was it all that straightforward? Um, I think it was very straightforward for the race winners. Uh, most of the fighting happened from P2 backwards. Obviously, um, I think both races had something like three safety cars. I think race one ended behind the safety car as well. So the 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 race leaders, they never really had their chance to um, break away and drive off into the sunset. They tried to do that, and then like two minutes later, someone would have an off, someone would have an accident, and the uh, and the P2 driver was right back on their tail, but each time um, they had the they were able to get away. P2 was left battling with P3, and I think it was a relatively simple race as long as they got the safety car st- restart sorted, which they did. So all good for them. They probably if if it weren't for the safety car, they wouldn't have had any idea what was going on behind them because they were just in a race of their own. Mm. Yeah, certainly. And who really stood out for you this weekend? Because, uh, as we said, there were plenty of drivers on the grid. 
there are drivers with, with plenty of experience at this level. There are some who are totally new at this level. So who really made an impression uh, in the first weekend? There was so many really good drivers. I think Vidales, who won race one, um, given his... I know he was probably Elliot's, like, the one Elliot was most excited about at the start of last year, but at the start of this year, he's really inexperienced, but has really shown up and showed what he could do. Um, he, obviously, he, his qualifying one, which was for race two, uh, didn't go as well as his qualifying two, which was for race one. Um, he didn't start on pole, but it went... It, he was able to battle in the midfield. He was able to get up to P7 and I think get the fastest lap. So it wasn't all bad. I, I think he was probably my star of the weekend. Paul Aron did fantastic as well. Um, a couple of the other drivers down, they had one good race and one um, race to forget. Zay Maloney, I think he had a mechanical issue in race one. But really came back and got the podium in race three, in race two. So um, it was a mixed bag for some, but I think for others it was not a perfect weekend, but definitely a good weekend. Mm, certainly. And Elliot, who who do you think stood out for you? Have you got the same picks as Bethany, or are you going for for someone else? I, to be honest, I, I didn't see much of the actual racing. I, I managed to watch qualifying, but uh, the racing clashed with other things. What I did see was Yasin Ferrati spinning about four times. Uh, and I think it, I think Zay Maloney, before he had a mechanical issue, if it, if it was a mechanical issue, I remember seeing him make a pretty good overtake. And given, you know, uh, almost how much pressure is going on in him because of how bad his last year was, I'd say that's a you know, a good opening weekend for him to look as competent and as measured as he was. Uh, and yeah, pretty much backing up everything Bethany said as well. Mm, yeah, certainly. We had three drivers missing from the field this weekend, Elliot. Can you sort of explain what happened to all three of them? Because they're all missing for very different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, so first of those was Thomas Tenbrinker, who's coming up from Spanish F4 and joining ART Grand Prix. And... When he was traveling, he got his COVID test result back. Obviously, you have to take a COVID test to uh, A, into the country, and B, then into the circuit. And it came back as positive. Took another one, came back as positive. So uh, he had to go into quarantine and, and miss the opening round of the season. And I, I believe he was asymptomatic. So he's, he's doing fine, but, you know, he just wasn't allowed to race. And Franco Colapinto, um, he is driving for MP Motorsport. And he's doing the European Le Mans series this year with the G-Drive Racing branded Algarve Pro team. And that is his primary program, the sports car stuff. And when they had to move their season opening round onto this weekend, and then Freck also moved its first round into this weekend, it was left with a dilemma that didn't seem to be addressed by the people who went with him until literally the week before. Uh, and in the coming days, you know, Every single afternoon, they were checking with the organisers, can we do practice in the LMS and then go to Freck, etc. Uh, and it got to Saturday morning and they just said, no, you, you can only do one series. So he did the European Le Mans series at Barcelona and his seat was empty. Then uh, the fourth RSGP card, Lena Buller, uh, she broke her hand during pre-season testing, which 
hand injuries are fairly common with this car due to the steering rack. Um, and because of that, she missed the well, basically the last two tests and, of course, this weekend's action. So uh, a few drivers are already on the, the back foot. Mm, yeah, certainly. And that's never ideal to miss two races uh, in, in an entire weekend. But we did have several rookies, uh, well, drivers classified as rookies, make their step up into regional Formula 3. So of those guys, um, who who really shone for you? Uh, I think for me, really, I was quite, I wouldn't say surprised, but um, I kind of expected a, a strong performance from from Gabrielli Mini, and he duly delivered in, in one of the races. And likewise with uh, Dino Boganovic, and there were a few other drivers, weren't there? So, Bethany, were there any of the, the F4 graduates that stood out for you? Yeah, Mini was really good. Um, the the not Ferrari Junior, I think. Is he a Ferrari Junior to get? Have we decided? No, he definitely is a definitely is not. No, he's definitely not a Ferrari junior. He he did really well. I think he topped one of the free practice sessions as well. So he was on it. Um I I'm not gonna say I expected more from this driver, but I think we'll definitely see him more often in Elliot Sutton. And I Elliot's probably gonna definitely disagree with me on that, but he was one of the names that I was um that I that I that I recognise and I knew had done well previously. So um, he got one point from this weekend, so not the best of weekends, but I think he's one that will grow over the course of the season. Mm -hmm. And Elliot, were there any F4 graduates that stood out for you? Yeah, I, I think Seppinen did for scoring a point. He, was, he has a teammate who should have been way ahead of him in Patrick Pazma, and actually Seppinen was the team leader over the weekend very impressive and also Oliver Goff uh, in 13th place obviously the MP team was about Colapinto who you know would have brought quite a bit of experience to that lineup Goff coming up from F4 didn't particularly have brilliant results there and didn't have much experience but you know he just looks perfectly at ease in the Formula Regional car in comparison mm -hmm. I think we should give a shout out to Isaac Hajar and Mary Boyer as well uh, Boyer just one of a, a couple drivers to finish in the top 10 in both races this weekend so certainly a strong t uh, start to, to life in regional Formula 3 for them um, but I think we'll, we'll move on to to the United States now and to the, the much anticipated return of Indy Lights with a comparatively strong field to recent years uh, well into double figures and it was Formula Regional America's champion, Linus Lundqvist, who really took the, took the march in the first race, taking his first win in that category, uh, while David Malukas overcame a difficult opening race to secure the second one. So, Elliot, would you say it's a fitting return for lights? Uh, it's got a new platform for its races to be broadcast on. And which of the teams really looks like the, the one to to beat at the moment? H&D uh, Motorsports is certainly the team to beat. Uh, you know, there was a fear kind of pre-season that Andretti would continue its dominance of previous years. 
but that didn't turn out to be the case. And like you said, with Formula Regional America's champion Lundqvist, his tyre management skills in that series last year have transferred brilliantly into Indy Lights. Uh, and in Indy Lights, they have a slightly longer second race than their first race. And we just saw how big that advantage was with the tyre management in that second race. Where they pulled out half a minute on the rest of the field, uh, which is a pretty stunning job. But, you know, Barbara is a representative of all the tracks they're going to this year. To be interesting to see what happens at St. Petersburg this weekend. Yeah, certainly. It's a very different kettle of fish altogether. Um, Bethany, you sort of looked from the outside in on the on the road to Indy this weekend. Um, so do you think that there are perhaps more eyes on the on the championships this year? And were you able to, to get any sort of impression at all from, from this weekend? Um no, I didn't get a, any impression from the weekend. I apologise, but my sleep schedule is very important. Um, but there were—I do think there were more eyes on it this weekend. I think there's been more focus on American racing as a whole over the past couple of years, and with there being—I think there was something like. I don't know the exact figures, but there were a lot of people tuning into IndyCar this this um, this past weekend. So if you've got the the eyes on the on the prize, so to speak, then you're going to get that trickle down into the road to Indy, even if they're not like on the same support package. Um, but so so yeah, I do think there there has been more eyes on them, and the drivers they the drivers that are known in um known in europe so so if you have one driver that's known in europe and they bring their fans over to road windy then all the others those those fans get to experience all the others as well so i think overall yeah there have been more more eyes on road to windy and hopefully um the rest of europe can really realize how fantastic these series are because it's some of the best racing, including inside inside Europe. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And I think that a lot of the races tend to be at a more European-friendly time than than some of the other championships out there. For the most part, um, there are some races are on there a little bit too late, perhaps. But um, we'll move on to Indy Pro Two Thousand, which. Uh, bolstered a 17 strong field this weekend and there was a very nice feel-good story in the first race as Braden Eves whose 2020 was curtailed as a horrible accident at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway he took a sensational victory on his first race back from pole position meanwhile in the second race it was Hunter McElroy who denied reigning USF 2000 champion Christian Rasmussen um, after a spin and a penalty for the Danish driver. So, Elliot, some fascinating racing and some brilliant stories to kick off that season. And do you think that this championship might be the most interesting to see, you know, how it plans out going forward? Quite possibly. Last year, it turned into probably the closest racing series in the world in junior single-seaters. Uh, you know, really, really good driving standards and really close racing. Uh, but I think 
as we saw in free practice, the fact that they only had three sets of tyres they could use this weekend kind of changed the picture of how drivers were learning the circuit, learning the car, because they wanted to save that set of tyres for so much of the weekend. Uh, but then obviously when they got to the races, you know, it was all flat out. Everyone was fighting each other. Um, so when they have an extra set this weekend, I think we might see something very different to what we saw in Barber. Mm, certainly. And do you think that there's a particular team there that stands out? Or do you think that we might get a totally different picture at St. Petersburg and at some of the other circuits as well? Quite probably, yeah. I think there's at least four teams that have already shown they can win a race. Uh, and at least, you know, five drivers in other teams that are also, you know, proven that they can win races as well. And with like a, what was it, a 20 race calendar or something like that, I'm pretty sure all of them will have the opportunity to. Mm, certainly. So do keep an eye on that one uh, going forward. I, I am fascinated to see how um, that's going to pan out. And that's one that I'm particularly in, particularly excited to to see going forward, I thought it was brilliant as it came to a conclusion last year. Um, but we'll talk about USF 2000 as well. Um, we had a couple of first-time winners. Uh, Yuvan Sundara Morvi uh, came out on top of the opening race of the season, uh, while Prescott Campbell snatched the championship lead with a maiden victory of his own. So, Elliot, do you think there was a huge amount to take away from this weekend? Because, like with uh, Indy Pro 2000, they didn't, well, most of the cars sat in the pits throughout practice, and we've got massive grid once again for that championship. So, it makes it a little bit difficult to, to really grasp a, a championship picture in that, do you think? Yeah, I, I think experience rose to the top because of that last weekend. Uh, I'm not sure who the top rookie was. It might have been Jace Denmark Gessel, like true rookie, because obviously a lot of them have done things like TRS and lots of F4. But yeah, certainly with Sundara Morphy's case, you know, he's done loads and loads of races in the series. And when it came to knowing, you know, what those tyres needed when they were finally being pushed for the first time in qualifying um, on Friday, he was the one who could do it because he had that experience. Um so yeah, I think I think experience will continue to be a fact in the first half of the season, and then after that, we'll be a bit more. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Just flicking back through the results, it do, it does seem like uh, Jace Denmark was the the highest placed rookie at the end of the first weekend, and he's only eleventh in the championship at this point. So it does back up your point about uh, experience coming to the fore. But that's sort of like the sort of championship picture that we had last year as well going forward with predominantly second year drivers being in the hunt so i want to i want to see whether you've got any closing thoughts on this on these championships that we've had including including freck um so elliot is there anything else really that sort of bring you know springs to mind on on these topics yes from a common standpoint freck had a disastrous weekend um which kind of kind of dulled the uh you know the anticipation for it they didn't have live uh, didn't have live timing for quite a lot of the weekend uh, they weren't actually giving access to live timing at other points of the weekend uh, they then didn't have live streaming available and obviously that was related to uh fiber issues at the circuit um and then on top of that they used one of their press releases to 
uh, and this is just poor English from them, call out a balance of performance. Uh, now, we spotted it straight away, and I contacted the series and said, you know, is this actually a balanced performance or bad English? They said it was bad English. Uh, but then it turns out drivers actually got in contact too uh, and asked, like, was a balanced performance system actually in play? Um, so that wasn't good from them either. And then, um, yeah, rather covertly, they then said something rather rude in the event briefing. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about it, the the second USF uh, USF race um, had to be postponed a little bit due to a slightly unusual circumstance in that the the power went out at Barber, so that had to be pushed back to after the IndyCar qualifying. Um, I was uh, I was kind of worried that the the IndyCar qualifying was going to be postponed uh, a little bit as well, so. Uh, thankfully, they were able to get that sorted pretty quickly. Um, but Bethany, have you got any closing thoughts on these championships? Um, Frecker should be using social media better if we're just going to jump on the uh, the Frecker um, issues. But I think, in general, Frecker went wow. I think there were some teething problems. I think the fact that um, the the championship that F1 decided to change its home table at last minute didn't help. Um, but overall, I enjoyed Freca much more than I expected to after the past couple of years of Freck. So hopefully that continues. Mm-hmm. And I know so- I need to watch Road Twenty. I know I do. I'm just tired a lot. You got another chance this weekend, so. Hopefully you're able to catch a little bit. Um, whilst we're on uh, the Western Hemisphere, if you will, uh, Elliot, we finally had some Argentinian Formula 4 this weekend. So are you able to give us a lowdown from what happened over there? Yeah, I'll speed through it. So April 2019, they announced a series saying it will start in July. July 2019 hasn't started. September 2019... I think I emailed the guy who runs it, and he was like, yeah, we'll be be starting by January of 2020. Then they announced there's a delay of parts in December 19, so they couldn't do the January 20 start. Then after that, um, there was a national recession of the election, national elections in Argentina. That delayed it even further. Then the pandemic arrived. That delayed it even further. Then towards the end of 2020, they were like, we're not only just going to race in Argentina, we're actually going to hold our series in Brazil and Uruguay before we even go to Argentina. And that didn't happen. Then they were going to support TCR, and that didn't happen. And then they eventually signed a deal with uh, a kind of series I'd never heard of called Turismo Pista, which is like a, it's almost like what Toka is to UK fans. Uh, it's like lots of different big and small touring car classes uh, have their own race. It looked pretty exciting, to be fair. Um, and the F4 series supported that with an eight-car grid with six of the drivers were taken from touring cars. Like, literally, they were hopping out of their Peugeot 205 and whatever and hopping into the F4 cars. Uh, but there were two youngsters from um, Argentinian single-seaters, and they had TV coverage in Argentina. We can watch it here. Uh, we had live timing, so I could follow it. wasn't particularly exciting. And oddly, I think they're actually awarding points for... So the sports, well, the sporting regulations say it's like the usual FIA point system, yet they actually handed out points to drivers who didn't finish. Um, and then we're kind of weird in how they award them on faster slaps as well. 
So a long-awaited debut, um, kind of the expected trickiness, an impressive grid size given you know how much, um, yeah, how long this has taken. But not many of those drivers look like they'll be coming back for round two unless the series continues to support this touring car championship and has this, you know, however it's attracting those drivers. Um, yeah. Either way, I was excited for it because I like left field championships. Mm, certainly. It does sound like a, 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 an interesting one and not the sort of uh, thing that we we tend to, to get uh particularly often uh i mean we we speak a lot about t- uh you know championships not quite doing as well as they should and small grid sizes and all that sort of stuff but that's certainly a new one on me um but let's head on to all of the features and other things that's going on around the formula scout website and so forth um i hope many of you have uh considered applying to to become part of the team and to to replace me as uh, as the podcast host and 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 so forth and become one of those tiktokers that, that people keep talking about and so forth um so elliot i'm sure there have been absolute loads and loads of features to talk about um and i i think you've got uh, another one going live tomorrow Yes, yes, I do. I think um, I'm trying to remember. When we did the last podcast, so we did our Freck preview podcast. I think last week. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, or have we done the Road to Indy one by that point? We had a second podcast, which probably listeners to this one have already heard, where I spoke to a young American journalist. Uh, then we had a feature on Portuguese street racing potentially returning, which is very exciting. Um, and today we've got a kind of reaction to the Indy Lights season opener um, and particularly HMD Motorsports' use of the front left Cooper tyre and the setup they were using for that. Very interesting stuff. Then tomorrow, uh, with all this Super League chat uh, in football, I've kind of gone into the archives, found some stuff about old football motorsport mergers, um, spoken to a few people who know things about this today and obviously the ownership um uh, what's the word juventus and ferrari and things like that they're all kind of intrinsically linked at a financial level uh, so there might be a feature on that tomorrow including some absolutely incredibly badly done livery redesigns of a football kits on delara 320s um, so do check that out because i spent five hours playing around on snapchat doing those <laughs> oh dear uh I've got Photoshop, so it would have made more sense to to hand it to me and for me to have a mess round if I had the time. But I don't think I've necessarily got the time to do it. But I'm intrigued to see the, the what what that feature is going to look like. Um, so definitely do check that out on FormulaScout.com. Um, and looking ahead to this week and this weekend we've got loads and loads of testing going on formula 2 fi formula 3 british formula 4 they're all in action whilst the free runs of the road to india will all be back in action again this weekend in the first junior street racing of 2021 i do believe at st petersburg uh, we're also set to have some super formula lights from suzuka danish formula 4 is set to to get going at Bad 
uh, Padbog Park, and we'll also have some Formula Ford 1600 action from Donington Park. So, I think that's it for this weekend. This week, I've lost track of the day. Um, <laughs> so, we'll be back soon with another Formula Scout podcast. Adios.